Though the recipients of this were in Ephesus, I think it's a great verse. Because the, the speaker in this could be any number of people. People from sitting in the pew uh, could be saying this in appreciation or their thoughts towards our eldership and the roles they fulfill in this church. Or it could be the eldership thinking about the people in their pews and the struggles they face. The, uh, it could be someone who doesn't feel like they're connected to the church. And this is the voice in the back of uh, sort of the church auditorium addressing them. And it says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom, the revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power, like the working of his mighty strength. I think it's a great uh, verse, and uh, it doesn't just have to be directed at those recipients of Ephesus. I have never, uh, ever taught Greek before. But there are some people in our church who have said, why don't we learn Greek? Now, for those of you who are thinking, why in the world would you do that? It's because the New Testament is originally written in that language, in Greek. And so there have been some people who have said, why don't we study Greek together? And so this is going to happen, at least the first meeting is going to happen after the ladies' Bible study on this coming Thursday morning at around noon. So if you were to come here, if you're interested, and I know not all of you can come at noon on a Thursday, but if you're able and you're interested in learning Greek, I encourage you to come. Now, as it turns out, there's actually a a really neat online uh, class for this that would allow people who can't meet on Thursday at noon to actually participate in this. In fact, you could do it remotely. If you're a visitor today and you're thinking, well, I can't be here for Greek, then the opportunity is there for you too, okay, if you're just dying for this. So I would encourage you, if you're interested, come uh, Thursday at noon, and if, uh, if you want to do it remotely somehow, send me an email this week, and we'll talk about that, and I, I think God may bless us uh, with even learning the original language in which the New Testament is written. I think that could be kind of cool. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the privilege we have of being here to encourage and bless each other this morning. We pray, God, that our time spent will be uplifting, encouraging, a blessing enabling us to grow. Father, I pray that my words this morning will be words of blessing as well and that we can look at at this passage that you've given us this morning from Ephesians and that together we can grow by looking uh, at this verse. Through Christ we pray. Amen. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. It's on page 827, by the way, if you're looking at a pew Bible. Page 827. And actually, if you want to flip over to page 828 and look at chapter 2, verse 21... Notice in chapter 2, verse 21, Paul has been talking in verse 20 about this foundation 
of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. And then he says in verse 21, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Now if you can't recognize it, because my artwork the last several weeks has been so poor, what we have on the screen here is a, a mountain, okay? And you think, is that really a mountain? Well, this is my rendition of a mountain for this morning anyway. And it's maybe at least as good as I can draw. I'm finding that I'm no better at drawing on PowerPoint than I am in real life. But at any rate, this is a mountain with the temple. The idea is that the temple is on top there, the way that I drew this last week. And God has made us to be a temple in him. And so we've been talking about that the, the last few weeks, just about what it means to be this temple rising together to be what God wants us to be. And then, last week especially, we looked at this verse, the verse that says that we are every spiritual blessing, or that every spiritual blessing has been given to us by Christ in Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. And in fact, for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at that, those verses, specifically enumerating the kind of things that God has done in blessing us in Christ Jesus. And the point has been to lay a foundation for this temple that we are in Christ. And so the bottom there represents kind of the, the bottom foundation for what it means for us to be this temple in God. This passage is a passage that doesn't stay there, though, it, in terms of it being the only foundation. There is more foundation than just every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so up above that bottom foundation, you can see the other one. And that's where we're going to kind of be looking this morning is at that second level of foundation. Last week when we looked at this foundation, the bottom one, we saw things like this. We saw that God has blessed us. That he has chosen us. That he has made us holy and blameless. That we are predestined in him. That we've been adopted by him. And then kind of like I did before, there's just so many for me to list. I won't go on. We'll put them all up there. There's a whole number of blessings that are ours in Christ. And it's such a privilege, such a joy to know that we have all of those things in Jesus. And this becomes a foundation for everything that we are as a church and everything really that we are as Christians. Because God has done this, we move on from there. Because God has done this, we grow and become what God wants us to be. So this solid foundation of being in Christ with God blessing us in these ways becomes the foundation for what the church is supposed to be. Well, this morning we want to expand the foundation in terms of what it means to be the temple in Jesus Christ. And we look at these verses this morning as in terms of expanding this foundation. Paul's prayer for further blessings in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. So make sure that you're looking there. We're not going to read the text again, but the kinds of blessings that are there in Ephesians 1 through 17 through 19 is exactly where I want to go this morning. And the point first with this is that this foundation is one that is God-given. We don't come up with this foundation ourselves. The foundation isn't somehow dependent on us. In fact, it isn't really even dependent on who I am as a Christian. It's entirely dependent on who God is and what God has done. We looked at, at this in class this morning, if you were in the Bible class in here. 
Just noting how God is the one who does all of this, grants this foundation to us, and anything that we are as the church of Jesus Christ doing his will in the world is totally based on the foundation that he is. And that's why Paul prays for us. Because he sees the foundation and knows that God wants to do something with the foundation that he has given us. He wants us to become all that we can be as the church of Jesus. And so Paul says, there's other things here in this foundation that God has done that will make us be all that we can be in Christ. And, And my guess is there isn't any of you here this morning who doesn't somehow want to be all the Christian that God wants you to be. There isn't anybody here who doesn't want the church to not be all that God wants the church to be. And the blessing, the privilege, is that God has provided everything we need to be exactly that. The other day, my wife was preparing a, uh, I don't even know what it's called, but it was a dessert for our Saturday evening uh, small group that we had just last night over at the Asins. So I had to go to the grocery store because that's my job. I go to the grocery store on Saturday mornings and I get the things that my wife needs. Not bad. Okay. So I went to the grocery store and I got the ingredients that she needed to make this dessert. And so she put all the ingredients together and she made this absolutely fantastic dessert. Those of you who were in the small group last night, was dessert not delicious? It was delicious. Yeah, see? I cannot tell you the strokes I'm getting right now. This is going to be so good for me. (laughs) Guys, you need to learn this lesson, okay? So my wife made this absolutely fantastic dessert. It was wonderful. But really, it was my getting the ingredients that did the job. (laughs) If I hadn't got those ingredients, where would she have been? <laughs> Very well done, Carla. Okay. That's not true at all, of course. The dessert is nothing unless Robin has the ability to put all that together, right? Like I can provide her with some ingredients, but Robin needs to do the whole thing in terms of making this beautiful dessert that she made. And she has to go and get the recipe together and then think about how to put it together. I could read the recipe, I could get all the ingredients, and it wouldn't look anything like what she had done. There is an innate ability that my wife has to make a dessert and to bake and things like that that I just don't possess. And that dessert needs whatever it is that she has that contributes to it. Well, God provides even more than that in terms of what is needed for us to be all that we can be. And he provides that foundation, that that element of strength and power and spirituality and everything that the church needs in order for the church to be what it needs to be. And he, he says that he gives that to us. Now what does he give us? First, look at the text there. This is like in verse 16 or so, 17. It says that he gives us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That is not a small thing. That is a huge thing. That's a foundational thing. 
That's something Paul's saying that the church can't exist without. The church can't be what it's going to be unless God provides us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And he prays, in fact, that the church might have it. And here's the reason why he wants to give it to us. It's so that we may know him. Do you see that? Is that in verse 17? That we might know him. Now, it's interesting. I'll tell you a little thing here about the NIV that I don't really like. The NIV puts in the word better there. Do you see that in the text? In order that you might know him better? Well, I'll just tell you, that that word is not actually in the Greek. (laughs) Take the Greek class, you would learn that. Okay? There's a little commercial for you. The word better is not in the Greek. But I think there's a sense in which that may translate well the idea. Because God wants us to know him better. There's a sense in which the Ephesian Christians already knew who God was. They already heard the gospel of Jesus. They'd already received him by faith. They'd already begin, begun to be transformed. So Paul says, I want you to know him. And it's not for the first time that he says that. He says, I want you to know him like you've never known him before. That's the point. And this says, Paul says, that he is, wants the church to have a spirit of revelation, of wisdom, that we might know him better. Now, the beautiful thing about that is that it opens up all the possibilities. I want to know God. I really want to know God. The way that Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Well, I want to know God too. And there is on this no limitation. And so the church, in desiring to be what it wants to be, can be everything that God wants it to be because he provides us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know him specifically so that we'll know him better. So if you want to know God better, which, by the way, in our class this morning, uh, in the first hour, we noticed that to know him better means that your behavior is going to change. So if you think, well, yeah, I want to know God better, but what I really want is to have my behavior change so I can be all God wants me to be, well, this is the key to it. You come to know him better, and you have then the opportunity to be transformed by him because you know him better. Well, he gives us that possibility. It's just a gift. It comes with the package. Paul prays that that might be the case with us. And then he says this, I pray that the eyes of your hearts might be enlightened so that you may know, first he says, the hope of his calling. Now again, for those of you who are in class this morning, doesn't that sound exactly like what we just looked at? In 1 Peter chapter 1 and 2, Peter says, put your minds on the things that are there above you. Put your hope set on what Jesus is going to bring you in the future. And then he goes on to say that setting your mind there on that hope will transform your behavior. Here he says that he wants us to understand the hope of the calling that he has given to us. Don't ever think, folks, that we don't have a responsibility in our world. Don't ever think that we don't have a calling as a church. Last night we were discussing in uh, our Bible or in our small group about the fact that the day before there had been, or maybe that day there was, I didn't see this, in the Calgary Herald, uh, they were talking about crime. And there was some kind of map that was pointing to the different places where home break-ins happen within our city. 
And do you know where home invasions take place in the city of Calgary more than any other place? Right there in Marlboro. There are more home invasions taking place in this community than any other place in the city of Calgary. Do you think our city doesn't need us? They need this church to be here. We have a call from God to be what we can be for the sake of our community, if nothing else. We can recognize by having our hearts enlightened the hope of his calling and therefore answer the call. The second thing he says there is we can understand the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And I bold the words in the saints there because this happens in us. We're supposed to understand the riches of his glorious inheritance, but the inheritance, the glorious inheritance, happens in us. We receive that inheritance. We talk about joy. An inexpressible and glorious joy, Peter would say. And that inexpressible and glorious joy we have, we have because of the inheritance that we've received from God. And Paul prays that we might understand the riches of this glorious inheritance. And then the third thing is, he says, I pray that we might understand his incomparably great power, which is for us, he says. So whether it's sin in my life that I want to transcend, or the influence on the community that I want to have, or the conversion of my next-door neighbor who doesn't yet know Jesus. Or the impact I want to have on the family down the street where there seems to be so much family tension and to see them changed. Wherever it is that we think power is needed in order for the church to act and to get something done within our community, Paul has prayed that we might understand his incomparably great power, which is indeed for us. He says it is for us. And if that power is there for us to see change implemented, then the church can indeed do what it needs to do, be what it needs to be, accomplish things in the name of Christ. You know, we talk all the time about what it means for us to have an impact. And we wonder sometimes if the church is ever going to have the impact that we want it to have. But isn't it the case that Paul has just said that it can happen? There is great reason for us to hope regarding the future of the transformation that can take place both in us and in our world because of us. Now, a couple other things I want you to see. I think this means something. I think it means growth. I think it means the possibility of growth. And I'm not talking about just numerical growth. It certainly can mean that. But it means growth for you. It means growth for us collectively. It means that we can really become all that God wants us to be. John, would you come here for a sec? John Coughlin. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything except maybe nod your head. Isn't it true... Isn't it true that when you were uh, 20 that you weren't the same person you are now? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Isn't it true that you've described for our church numerous times the way in which your life has changed? And isn't it true that if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ working within you, that the transformations that you have seen in your own life would not possibly have taken place? And I am humbled by that. Absolutely true. Praise God. You don't want to know me in my 20s. I'm glad we know him as he is now. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. So it means growth for us. Richard, would you bring Cherish up here, please? Please, come on down. A little while ago, the Borges were blessed with a beautiful little girl. Isn't, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, there's a reason why I'm going to have you come and stand right over here, okay? Stand right there on the floor. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't she beautiful? It's beautiful that this family exists among us. Isn't it beautiful that they are raising their daughter in the Lord and they have a chance to be here and to grow together and that she has a chance to grow and be all that she has is, is going to be in Jesus? Now, this is beautiful. Let me show you something just as beautiful. Margaret, would you come here, please? Margaret told me that she thought she could make it down here just fine, and I think she will. A year ago, you'll remember, we celebrated Margaret's 90th birthday, which means that, Margaret, you must be coming up on 91. Do you get it? Do you see? I don't know if this is the youngest lady in our church or not, but she might be. And we want to see, through time, growth take place. And one of these days, Cherish, who is just sweet enough to cherish, one of these days, maybe 90 years from now, Cherish is going to be like this. With all the goodness that is in Margaret, all the existence that she's lived in Jesus, all the ways in which the Spirit has blessed her, and Cherish has a chance to go from here to here because God is going to be blessing her. And that is what God wants for all of us in Him. Thank you very much. You guys can go. And Margaret, thank you very much for coming up here. I appreciate that so much. And so the Lord, the Lord doesn't want Cherish to stay just like that. She is precious and wonderful and beautiful. But the Lord wants Cherish to end up like Margaret Titland. And don't you? And those of you who are younger ladies, you need to end up like that. And those of you who are younger men, You need to see the way that John Coughlin has had his life changed by Jesus and become what he is today. And even better. God wants that for each one of us. The question then gets raised. It must get raised. 
how can we best grow? And I'm not going to tell you this morning because I want you to come back next week. (laughs) We're going to continue to talk about what it means for us to grow in the Lord because God wants us to be a cherish who turns into a Margaret. And he has promised us, we have seen this, he's promised us that that's possible. He said that his spirit is available to make that happen within us. And when Paul prays and says, I want you to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him. And then when he says, I want the eyes of your heart to be enlightened so that you might continue to grow in him. All of that tells me that it's not just possible and available, but that we can seize this. We can seize this. And every one of us who longs to be like God, who wants to have Jesus living within us and strengthening us and changing us and making us what he wants us to be, it can happen for us. All you have to do is come and learn Greek. (laughs) God has blessed you richly with an opportunity for growth. Take him up on his offer. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the privilege and the blessing of not staying where we are. We want to grow in you. We want each one of us, Father, to be more in the future than what we are now. Thank you for for blessing us with your spirit who transforms us. Thank you for, for answering Paul's prayer in our church and in our lives. Open our hearts. Help us to grow in you. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.